0: Hi guys, it's Lindsay, and you're listening to the 1783 Photography Podcast. So this is the second day in a row that I've recorded a podcast, and I'm very, very proud of myself. Something I'm trying to do, and it's like a really good business model schedule, whatever you want to call it, is to do a lot of the same things in a day. So if you're editing, knock out all your editing in a day. Your brain doesn't have to like readjust itself to focus on something completely different, So obviously this has been two days, but I spent this morning editing the podcast that I recorded yesterday and I was like, ooh, if I record a bunch of podcasts this week and really get in the move and groove of the whole thing, because let me tell you, this is a lot harder than it looks, um, then, you know, maybe I can produce really good content and that'll help me that I'm kind of like, my brain's in the same realm. My brain is in podcast mode right now. So in today's episode, I want to talk about accepting payments and contracts. So how to accept payments, you know, whether it's a credit card, a check, should you do any in cash? We'll kind of go through all of that. And then contracts, should you save those for in person? Can you do it electronically? What's the best way to do that? So I'm going to talk about what I do because obviously it's what I have the most knowledge about. I'm going to, you know. Tell you, I'm gonna come clean and tell you what I use. I don't like to keep secrets and kind of hide these business models. That's part of why I wanna make this podcast kind of share that free information that I'm willing to share with anyone, obviously, to get like the good, good information and for me to take a good look at your business and figure out how to get you to that next level you wanna be at that you gotta pay for in my business coaching sessions. But there's a lot of great free information on this podcast so let's start with contracts so there's a number of ways you can get a legally binding contract you can pay a lot of money unfortunately to a lawyer to draw something up people feel so much more comfortable with that but i know when you're starting your business you really don't have the budget and the funds for something like that. I loved, um, I think she had a podcast at one time She's called The Law Tog. She was a photographer and a lawyer. I don't know which one came first, but she develops and sells contracts. And I think there's some free templates in there, but honestly, using Google... For you know a template contract and if you're searching online for a contract template make sure that you're including the words you know photographer or wedding photographer so you get something like an event coverage um, contract or a photography based one portrait session with like model releases and all that stuff. So my contracts and my payments go through a client management software called TAVE. That's T-A-V-E. And no, unfortunately, I'm not getting sponsored by any of the people I'm going to talk about. I'm just doing this for free. Hello. Somebody want to sponsor me? This podcast is so new, so there's no way in hell. Um, But there's other ones like TAVE, um HoneyBook is very popular in the wedding photography community a lot of them you can always start a free trial or find somebody who has like a discount code to really try it out 17 hats um i know is used a lot i use that at first and i did the free trial i think i ended up paying for it for a few months but then they changed something and really this is five years ago so i couldn't tell you what it was but they changed the way they didn't and i didn't like it Different client management softwares work differently for other people. I'm comfortable with the one I'm at. I figured out how to use everything that I really care about. These things have like an incredible amount of features. Like I have it pulled up on my computer right now and I'm seeing my revenue, my overhead, my profit, all that stuff. I like to look at that occasionally or definitely when tax season comes, but I'm most concerned about accepting payments, sending contracts. I do email separately, but you can do all of your emails and just do all of that client management. That's why it's called a client management software through these programs. Now with the program I have, I'm able to have template contracts. So I can just send the same contract. Each time, and the software will plug in the date and the name. Sometimes I do have to specify dates and times, but it's fine because I'm in the midst of putting all their information into the software. So I have the date and the times and all of that already in my head. But there's some core things you need to make sure, especially if you're a photographer, that you have in your contract. So we're going to go to a portrait contract right now. We won't deal with weddings yet, we'll just do a simple portrait session. So this could be a family session, a high school senior session, an engagement session, one of those. So you always wanna make sure that you have the main information, the client's first and last name, the location, the time, the date, and the price. If you're planning on accepting a deposit or a retainer for a session, you definitely want to put what that amount is, and you want to put it's non-refundable. Now, I've been told over and over, and I've seen this over and over, to put retainer instead of deposit and put non-refundable retainer. A retainer, I'm pretty sure, please do not quote me on this at all, is non-refundable in court, but a deposit technically is or can be. So if that were to ever happen to you, which is very, very slim, you just want to be prepared. So I also have the number of images I provide. And this isn't for my couple to see, oh, how many can we expect? This is because if they did come back and say, you know, hey, are there any more images that you took that you didn't send us? Which, of course, us as photographers, we don't do that. Or I hope you don't do that. I gain nothing from keeping a photo from a client and not sending it to them. Um, But clients don't think like that. They're not photographers. So they think, you know, oh, maybe they do. Let me just check. So if you have in your contract how many images you do provide, if you were to say to that person, hey, no, these are all the images that... I did have for you and then you know if they came back and were like trying to really pry you to get more you can revert back to your contract and hopefully they are reading it beforehand but I think we all know people skim contracts for a wedding it's a little different but definitely for a portrait session I feel like a lot of people they don't even read they don't because they're a lot of times they're asking questions that you already had in that contract so this is really about like if things went wrong you can revert it back to your contract. So obviously with photography, you need a model release. If you are planning on taking any professional photos, getting paid for them, and then using that on your social media, on your website, you're using that as marketing material. So you want to make sure that you have your client or your couple or whoever sign a model release. Now you will have some people come to you and read the contract and say, I can't sign this because I don't want these photos shared. And this is different for every photographer. Myself, personally, I use my photos as marketing material, especially weddings. Portraits are a little different. I don't share those as often. I'll probably be more lenient towards someone not wanting their photos shared. But for a wedding, that's an income loss for me. That's a marketing hit for me if I can't share certain images or if I can't share any. So some photographers will charge more, and you have to figure out if that's right for you. If you feel like it's a marketing hit for you and you really, and, and especially if it's a wedding that you are so excited to shoot, you know it'll be good for your brand and your feed and you're like, I, I need to share this. There's no way. Then you might want to charge an extra percentage and able to do that. Other photographers, they respect the client's decision. They're so willing to keep the same price and just not share them. It's different for each photographer. But the great thing about having this in your contract is that if, you know, if it's signed and you have used this as marketing material, it has been signed by the couple and you know that you're good. You also wanna have in your contract if something were to happen. If there's a fire, a flood, illness, something that's out of your control, what are you gonna do about it? Are you willing to refund every penny? Are you willing to refund the remainder and keep the retainer non-refundable? You have to decide this, you have to figure this out and there's different options you can do. I have in my contract that I will return all payments in full, but if it is something simple like a rain delay, it's a simple reschedule, the retainer's still non-refundable, and I do move that remaining payment and retainer to future sessions, and I've even done this with weddings. But if there's something crazy happens, and if there's a death in the family, or there there's something that is completely out of my control, out of the client's control, and it has to put the event to a halt, and I can't fulfill the contract, then I will return any and all payments. Not saying you have to, that's a decision that you'll have to make. And these things are really just what if situations. I've never had to go to that clause, I've never had to go to court, I've never had to even really point someone in a certain direction in my contract because of something that they were trying to argue with me about. I know other photographers who have, so we really just need this to save your butt and to protect your client as well. That way everybody's happy. So I also have three like small paragraphs about the editing that I do because this is a piece of art that I'm creating for you. There's no right or wrong, there's no real rules. I have to make sure that I'm consistent in what I share and put on my portfolio and advertise and that I'm creating that same work. And so a potential client trusts me that they know what they're gonna get and they can know what to expect When they hire me. But there are so many things that you can do with Photoshop and editing. Some people might think that you can Photoshop them into being a full-blown model and making them look nothing like they look and maybe you are willing to do that and that's great but you have to specify that because there's so much that goes into the editing process there's the basic adding a preset to stay consistent and adjusting exposure and contrast you know all those like basic things adjusting the light and certain colors and cropping you know that's the basic thing that most people offer i have even been asked from brides of mine. Like, can you make my legs skinnier? Can you do this than that? And I do have to say in the nicest way possible, oh no, we don't do that because you have to make clear of what your pricing contains. Because if you are going out and doing all these other things, if you say, oh yeah, I can do that. Like I can Photoshop that. That's fine. You can do small blemish removals and skin softening and lightroom so you can do all of those things there and they are not hard at all but if you have to completely photoshop bodies in and out of the frame make them look a different way that's extra time which means that's extra money and you don't originally charge for that so you have to specify what you do so i'm going to read just a little example of what i have under this section so it says client agrees and understands that the quality of a photograph is entirely subjective the photographer will strive to present photos in a workmanlike manner but is not required to cater to specific aesthetic preferences of client. The client agrees and understands that photographer may perform digital retouching of photos, including blemish removal, creative effects, teeth whitening, and other digital image edits. The client agrees to hold the photographer harmless for any edits, which may be viewed as defamatory or demeaning. And that's like such, such a stretch, but it's just there to cover your butt in case you ever get that crazy client that has the money and is willing to take you to court. So these things I listed are things that I do teeth whitening, blemish removal. There's a softening skin setting. There's things to make your client look the best they can look, but not to make them look different than they look. Okay. Let's move on to wedding contracts. So the very first thing I have at the top of my wedding contract is the couple's date, their location, how many hours of coverage, and what my package price is that they paid for. And then I have all those things that I just mentioned. The only difference is I've added a section about shooting times, just because there is a certain time that I start and there's a certain time that I end, and there's always time before and after that that I'm not there, that I'm not hired for. The time that I start and the time that I end doesn't matter because my couple has booked a certain amount of hours. They go consecutively together. But if I am asked to come earlier or start earlier, or if I'm asked to stay late, which has happened tons of times, so I have that there's going to be an extra price involved if hours are added and part of that section talks about how I am going to be able to still start at the time we've discussed and end at the time and I'm not liable to stay later if it's due to someone not showing up on time or something lagging behind. Because these are obviously things that I can't control, someone else can control them and someone else is messing up. A lot of times it's another vendor, sometimes it might be you, but you have to make sure that your butt is covered because this is the amount of time this couple has paid for you. And that payment came from what you felt like you were worth charging for that amount of time. I have a section about permits because a lot of times my couples are getting married, having reception, doing portraits at all different locations. And if there is a location that requires a permit, that's my client's responsibility. So I obviously need to make sure that I have it in the contract. But I need to make that clear too in conversation with them that if there is a spot that they want to shoot, that there is an extra fee. I have no problem getting information about it, contacting the people, doing all that work because obviously I'm the professional and I'm really the one that needs to know what's happening with this place. My couple is just there to get in front of that camera and have a fun time, but I have to worry about everything else. But I make it clear to them that they are responsible for that because I obviously don't want that adding on to my expenses for this wedding because before. you know it you're doing this for years and saying oh okay it's fine i can pay for it it's fine and then that's ending up adding up to like you know two grand before you know it and you're like oh that is two grand i could have had in my pocket if my clients paid so i live just outside of dc and really if you live anywhere near dc you know that photographing at the monuments the jefferson memorial the lincoln it's beautiful it's all marble and white the lighting's perfect It's also crowded 24-7, except sunrise. That's a little free tip for you. But that is federal land. And you know DC is going to charge you if you want to photograph there. So it's an awesome place to photograph. I would photograph there all the time, but it ends up being like $140. And some of my couples are willing to pay that, and some aren't, and that's fine. We can find another place but I have to make sure that my couple is responsible for that and not me. Okay, so I have a section about copyrights. This is really important to understand because I can bet you 10 bucks that your client doesn't understand. They confuse copyright with the ability for them to share on social media, which they wanna do, and you should want them to do. They obviously are gonna wanna print their photos and send their photos to friends and family, use them as gifts, all of these things I want them to do. This helps my business and these are their images. I created them and yes, I still hold the copyright because I am going to use them for marketing material. I'm going to use them to make more money. Now if my couple went and used a photo, say for one of their businesses and used it as marketing material, that goes against the copyright because they are obviously changing the image, they're, you know, if they like imagine a billboard with a picture of them and like writing all over it. That's changing the images. That's altering it. That's messing with this copyrighted image that I created to look and be a certain way. Okay, so here's the yummy part, the vendor meal. I require a vendor meal for me and my second shooter who are going to be there during the reception. We don't photograph during dinner because number one, no one wants to get their picture taken while they're eating food. There's nothing to take pictures of and you need to refuel yourself because chances are you've been on your feet for the last five hours. So I have a section in here about this because if we're there for over four hours or longer, which I always, always am a typical wedding day is about seven to eight hours. But if a meal is not provided by the caterer, they weren't alerted. And a lot of couples are good with this and caterers know to ask these questions. But I have in the contract that we're able to leave to get food because if I don't have food and I'm passing out or super hungry, heaven forbid, I'm not going to be able to number one, perform to my best ability. And I'm also never photographing during dinner anyway. So I eat when the couple eats and it's in bold letters it's the main topic of this little paragraph so that's something that they're skimming through that their eyes are seeing and it rings a bell when the caterer says okay how many vendor meals are you going to need because the dj or band is there and more than likely, they're getting vendor meals. The staff that's working that day is also getting vendor meals. Okay, and then I go on to talk about capture and delivery. So I try to explain this to my couples in the beginning. Because that's all—that's always what they want to know. They're like, when am I going to get my photos? When am I going to see them? They're so, so excited. And you need to let them know you are so, so excited to give them to them. But you're going to need a second. You're going to need a hot second to edit, to cull through them. They have no idea, you know, what the process is and how many hours you spend looking at the same image. trying trying to get it to look a different way. So it takes some time. I send my couples a timeline after they first book and it talks about when they're gonna get their engagement photos back, when their final payments are due, when I'm gonna send them a shot list, when their wedding photos are going to be due, how long their wedding photos will be up in the gallery, all that stuff. I wanna lay that out for them because they don't know. They're not in this industry. They aren't eating, sleeping, and breathing the photography industry. They're eating, sleeping, and breathing their own life and their job. They don't know these things that you know you're like oh yeah of course it's gonna take me like four to six weeks to finish this wedding in their head they might think it takes two days and they're like um and we never ever 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 want an unhappy client and someone who feels like they're waiting on you and just disappointed in you that's just going to hurt your reputation you're not going to get a good word of mouth referral from someone and that is the most valuable kind of referral you can get so focusing on getting those and treating your couples and your clients so well that they're obsessed with you and how you treated them and your work then your name starts to spread so i have in here exactly how many images they should expect per hour especially for a wedding and then when they can expect their final gallery how long it will be up and i also put in here that i encourage them to of course download every single photo but make extra copies putting them on hard drives because obviously i do the same thing but we all know technology it can fail a hard drive can fail so i make sure that my butt's covered i've said that so many times but my butt is covered when it comes to, I'm say like five years down the road from a wedding I photographed and the couple lost their images and I don't have their images anymore. I tried to keep them, but I had a hard drive fail that they can't come to me and ask for money back. I mean, there is are people who might do that. So I need to make sure all my bases are covered. Okay, last thing I'm going to talk about a wedding contract and then we'll get on to accepting payments. So I last on the contract after i get through all the wedding terminology i put in there my engagement session that comes with the package that they purchase but there's more information to the engagement session there's locations and times and you know of course my couple has so many questions about that they're like what can we wear where do we mean how far can you go so i want to put in a little section about that and to cover myself so that if i have a couple that wants to do an engagement session that is like five hours away that i can rightfully charge for mileage and lodge or i can show them on paper the distance that i travel that i include in my engagement session because a lot of times have a couple and they're so excited they have all these hopes and dreams and they see at first on your pricing that you include an engagement session they start to think and they're like oh of course they'll do this and they have no idea how much traveling costs and how much that you possibly lose by doing a certain type of session where you're not making what fits into your pricing so I have everything from the amount of locations we can use the amount of outfits my couple can change into the amount of miles I'm willing to travel outside of where I'm based the amount of images they can expect when they can expect those images it's really like you have to treat especially your contracts and the verbiage and your emails to your clients spelling everything out like they have no clue like they've never even looked at your website or looked at anything because they will look at your website they'll follow you on social media but they'll still have those same questions and maybe questions that they don't even ask until the last minute and then you're kind of in a pickle thinking crap i don't do that maybe i can just make an exception for this person and then they tell their friend you made that exception and then before you know it, you're doing 30 sessions and not making a penny so when you lay everything out and they're looking to you to be the professional anyways so when you lay everything out nothing's confusing everything goes so smoothly I think when I first started, I i mean, my worst fear was having a client who was pissed at me. I can't stand when anyone's mad at me, like my husband, my friend, my mom. I cannot stand it. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be something that I'm going to be so afraid of if I have someone come back. And they're like, I hated these photos. I hated this. I hated you. I just thought of all these possibilities that they could come back at me with and I would have so much anxiety and so I really really tried from the get-go to lay everything out and cover my bases. Every single time I heard a horror story from another photographer I was like okay how do I make sure that doesn't happen to me and laying that out in your contracts and your initial emails it completely protects it. Nine times out of ten I would like to say ten times out of ten but I don't know a hundred percent. If you have somebody ask you to do something that you don't do you can kindly and professionally tell them no and revert back to the contract or things that you put online or tell them as if you're telling them for the first time people won't come back and fight you especially if you have everything laid out they know that you're the professional you have your rules they're not going to question them when you walk into Target you don't question why things are priced a certain way you go to the donut shop you don't question why is this donut $1.40. dollar forty. Like you don't ask them questions. You take it for what it is. And you're the same way with your business. You need to lay everything out, have all your bases covered, your butts covered, all the little sayings I use. I don't realize I use so many sayings. My mom pointed that out the other day. She was like, you keep using these Southern sayings, using sayings she used to say that I grew up hearing. So that's why. Anyways, you've got yourself completely covered And so you're not going to have a bridezilla or a crazy client. If you're really worried about that, I would concentrate on getting all your bases covered with everything, contracts, payments, how everything works, the rules. And it's fun because it's your rules. You get to set it up and they have to follow them. There's a lot of times that I get back from a session or a wedding and something happened that I'm telling my husband, this has happened so many times. I need to make sure this doesn't happen to me. And I have to make it a new rule, a new business rule for myself that 1783 photography doesn't do this anymore. That's just what it is. I don't have to explain why. Maybe I would to a friend or this podcast, why something didn't work out, but no one's gonna even look for an explanation. They will take it for what it is because you're a legit business. So as long as you act and feel just like, fake it till you make it, Pull that confidence out. Be the type 7 Enneagram I was talking about in my last podcast and just be super positive, just like completely YOLOing it. And you're like, yeah, I'm legit business. This is my pricing. This is what I do. This is what I don't do. And that's it. And people will respect you. Even if you feel like such an imposter, they will respect you. Okay, so let's get into payments. I accept credit cards. And I love accepting credit cards and people love paying with credit cards. I used to accept checks in the beginning, but that would force me to meet in person with my client, have them sign the contract in person, which some people like. That works for some people. They can add it into, you know, the first meeting of the client, but it gets tricky when People don't live near you. And then you're dealing with mailing situations and you're mailing a check and it's scary. What if it doesn't arrive? What if it gets lost? It is a lot easier on both sides to accept credit cards. And there's certain ways to accept them and they're super easy. So there's Square, PayPal, of course, Venmo, and so many others. A simple Google search will find you ones. Try their free trial. Try them out, figure them out. Which ones do you like? Once you set that whole thing up, It's super confusing and it's not fun at all. Once you're getting that set up, it's super easy. It's really not confusing. I like PayPal and that's what I use. I have people ask if I use Venmo. A lot of people use Venmo. I use Venmo with my friends. It used to not charge you a fee and now it does. And now there's a setting on my paypal where i can just have it transferred within one to three days and just wait a couple days and there's no fee and i like to of course for my business to save money in the long run because it's a lot of money that we have to pay in fees for different features that we're using i mean these client management softwares cost money they have free trials and sometimes you can do free versions but a lot of times it's a monthly cost just like your editing software all that stuff really adds up going the no fee route is awesome so if checks are your way and you want a contract signed in person and you can meet the couple and that works for now go ahead and go that route I like PayPal because a lot of people already have an account or you can pay as a guest if you don't have an account at all so this all goes through my client management software of TAVE I literally am sending an email that has the electronic signature contract in it and a link to PayPal telling them what their retainer is, they go on to pay, and then it tells them how much they have left and when that is due. I loved Venmo at the beginning, but the problem I saw with that, and what scared me the most, was that if you pay the wrong person, it's up to that person you paid, whoever they are, to give you that money back. And I did not want a couple paying me for a wedding over $1,000 and paying the wrong person. So if I do use Venmo, I make people add me as a friend first just to make sure, and then I'll use that. But like I just said, they are charging a fee, which why not? Go them. I mean, everybody uses that, and it's such a great idea. It's so easy. My friend and I just went to a concert the other day. I just bought the ticket. She Venmo'd me. Like, it's a genius idea. But I don't like they're paying a fee, and you can pay the wrong person, and then you're screwed. So really, if you're looking for a, an easy, fast way to get contracts signed electronically by your clients, and you wanna accept credit cards, a client management software is the best for that. It has everything streamlined. You can set up tasks. They have workflows. So you can use it to its extent and really organize the hell out of yourself. I still love having my calendars and my stationery and writing things out. So I don't use those as much, but I use them all the time to send the contract. I put all their information in there. If I have a phone call with them or in their email, they've told me any information, like they have dogs, I'm going to know that they wanna probably include those dogs in the engagement session or, you know, that their dogs are close to them, or if they mention that their father has passed away and it was sudden, this is something very special. I'm going to know that as the photographer, and I know to highlight that during the wedding day, or maybe highlight that in the engagement session, or just knowing that about my couple. Because I'm I'm photographing them. That's such an intimate thing. But anything that they tell me, I want to put in their profile, in their notes. Because when you start booking a lot of weddings and you have a high number of couples you start to forget who was who then you have two brides getting married at the same venue with the same name a month apart which actually is happening to me so i have to keep looking and being like okay which megan is this but it's awesome to have that client management software because I can just go back and be like, okay, this is her, oh yeah, and she said this. I mean, I had a bride who said that she grew up down the street from where I'm living now. I'm not even from right here. You know, I've, I only have that connection because I live there now. And if she brings it up, I wanna know what she's talking about or I wanna be able to bring that up as a conversation piece, especially during the engagement session. I like to talk about stuff that my couples have talked to me about, like where they met, the proposal story, or where they're from. Maybe they're from like California And I can tell them how much I've always wanted to go there and how cold it is here Or that they're from a place that i'm from and we can see if we know the same people I can just kind of keep them as little Profiles in there. So then I go into that software And I can look up everything their date things. They've told me what they owe all of that Okay, I talked for so long. I'm definitely in the groove I think trying to stick to doing a certain type of thing the whole day works really well, because I am busting some podcast content out. So we're done with this one. I talked all about contracts and accepting payments. If you have any other questions, my email will be in the show notes below. If you're interested in a business coaching session, the link to that will be below as well.